The Trumpet Daily Program begins right now. Today's world news, what it means, where it's taking us. I bring you the one and only possible message of world peace. This is a message of hope, tremendous hope. And he said unto me, you must prophesy again. The Trumpet Daily Program begins right now. You know, right, right, right after I was elected, I went to a, what they call a G7 meeting, all the NATO leaders. And it was in, it was in the south of England. And I sat down and I said, America's back. And Mitterrand from Germany, I mean from France, looked at me and said, uh, said, you know, what, why, how, how long are you back for? The conduct of the response in Gaza, in the Gaza Strip, has been um, over the top. I think that, uh, as you know, initially the president of Mexico, Sisi, did not want to open up the gate to allow humanitarian material to get in. When I said, uh, when I we pushed all these programs, I said, I'm going to be a president of everybody, whether you live in a red state or a green state. I did not share classified information. I did not share it. With your ghostwriter. With my ghostwriter. I did not. Guarantee you did not. What the the, well, no, they did not. Our, Mr. Mr. President, for months when you were asked about your age, you would respond with the words, watch me. Watch Many me. American people have been watching, and they have expressed concerns about your age. That is they, your judgment. They, that is your is judgment. That is not the judgment concerns. of the press. Joe Biden retained sensitive classified documents after he left the vice presidency. Marked the, classified? Or? Yes. Marked classified, highest level, top secret SCI. They related to our international affairs, to war plans, to foreign relations. He knew it. He knew it. He's on tape after he's out of the vice presidency saying to his autobiographer, the classified documents are in the basement. He knew it. But he just denied that. That's exactly. That, that so that's a key part of the report. It's the second sentence in the report. And he just denied sharing that with the ghostwriter. And I yep. just looked at this closely. Uh, they had recorded conversations between Biden and this ghostwriter. Exactly. That is what blew my mind about Joe Biden's statement. Except two major things he just outright contradicts or is contradicted by, however you look at this, this report. There are two things he said that are completely the opposite of what Robert Herr found. And who do you believe is up to, I guess, the individual consumer? First, Joe Biden says, I did not act willfully. Willfully just means voluntarily, intentionally. Well, the second sentence of this whole summary says, President Biden willfully retained and disclosed classified materials. The facts in here show it was willful. He knew. He talked about it. And the second thing he says is, I did not disclose classified documents to my ghostwriter. Page three says that he did that. It says, Mr. Biden shared information, including some classified information from those notebooks, with his ghostwriter. The report also includes a scathing analysis of Mr. Biden's mental capacity, saying that one of the reasons they declined to bring charges was because, quote, at trial, Mr. Biden would likely present himself to a jury as he did during our interview of him as a sympathetic, well-meaning 
elderly man with a poor memory. Now, the report goes even further, saying that in his interview with the special counsel, the president struggled to remember key details, including when he was vice president, when his son Bo died. They also note in a separate recorded conversations, his communication was painfully slow, that he struggled to remember events, straining at times to read and relay his own notebook entries. Doesn't all of this show what we've been saying? for many years now that he's the puppet and of course <clears throat> the dear leader is running the show the dear leader is running the country from the basement here here comes robert her's report he lays out all the details of the crimes the crimes committed by biden but then says in the same report now we couldn't really get uh, we couldn't get an indictment from this or we couldn't really get him prosecuted for any of this because he's senile he would he would he would draw on that in front of a jury and the jury would have sympathy so we're going to move on we're going to move on and we're going to try to heal the country none of none of this is reserved for the bad orange man of course but for joe biden i mean what a the entire day yesterday what a crazy day through and through. Here we are moving quickly through 2024. The war in 24 intensifies. You're listening to Stephen Flurry, and this is the Trumpet Daily. We appreciate you joining us on today's show, the last show of this work week. Hard to believe another fast moving week, another fast moving program, as I've been saying more recently. You can get to the live stream of this show at, at TrumpetDaily.com or at the Rumble channel. Go to Rumble.com forward slash TrumpetDaily and you can join in on the live conversation there. You can, of course, watch these shows on demand after the fact as well. If you'd like to email the show, uh, just send us a, a message, td at the trumpet.com. As I say yesterday, a crazy news day. <laughs> Tucker has his sit down with Putin uh, it goes on for like two hours, as uh, Richard Palmer wrote in the morning brief. Uh, just more evidence of the post-truth world that we're living in. <laughs> as, as Putin gives his history, the first half hour of which put me right to sleep on the living room fo floor <laughs> next, to, next to my dog. Uh, for Richard, though, it was different. He said in the, tr in the morning brief that it was hilarious to just hear the propaganda, the lies, the revisionist history with respect to Russia or Ukraine or whatever. World War II, <laughs> he had some whoppers in there uh, about World War II as well. I I'd encourage you to go and uh, read this morning's morning brief. If you aren't an email subscriber, you can become one at our website, thetrumpet.com. Uh, also yesterday, Pretty, pretty massive smackdown coming from the Supreme Court. It was just the oral arguments. Uh, but basically, they're hearing out, you know, Colorado and their attempt to remove Donald Trump from the ballot. And uh, judging by some of the questions from the Supremes, I mean, you've got some commentators saying this could this could go eight to one in favor of Donald Trump. You know, the guy that. Uh, that morning Mika goes on and on about 91, 91 felony counts, four indictments. He's going to, as bad as yesterday was for, for Joe Biden, 
I mean, that's like an everyday uh, event for Donald Trump. I mean, he's so horrible. Every day is like yesterday for Donald Trump. Well, if you're just comparing Biden and Trump, I mean, it's even worse for Trump because he's going off to prison. <laughs> but think about just how surreal this is. Here, here Joe Biden, he's supposed to be the president of the United States. He's, he's illegitimate. He's the fake president, as I always say. But here he is. He occupies the Oval Office. And you've got Joe Biden's DOJ, which, of course, means Obama's DOJ. They come out with this report. Say what you will about Robert Hur. Okay, he's a Republican, and he knows he can't get the indictment. So he's just going to work it in there that, what, he's an elderly He's an elderly man with a poor memory. I mean, this is devastating. <laughs> it's okay. It's not an indictment as far as the legal, uh, as the legal field is, con- is, is concerned. But it's a political indictment for sure. If, if a jury, if a jury's going to give him a pass, that's what Robert Hur essentially is saying. If the jury's going to give him a pass because he's senile, well, what does that say about the American electorate? And then last night, by the way, you might have heard it at the top of the hour, Donald Trump wins Nevada by 99%. (laughs) 99%. I've got to read you this tweet. An excellent hot take from some random guy on Twitter. It's funny, sad, astonishing that we're in a situation where Trump's multiple indictments were political politically advantageous to him and Biden's exoneration. That's what happened yesterday. Harris says, you know what? We're not going to prosecute Biden for moving documents all over the world. The only one that we prosecute for that, of course, is Trump. But then politically, Trump is helped by all these indictments. Biden, I mean, this exoneration is politically terrible for Biden. He's right, whoever this guy is. He's exactly right. It just goes from bad to worse for the fake president. And of course, the dear leader, too, is being exposed. I mean, we're pushing into the middle part of February. If, if they're throwing him under the bus, who's going to come forward? Is it Gavin Newsom? Is it Michelle Obama? Who is it? Is it going to be Kamala? I mean, there's people on both sides of the aisle talking about the 25th Amendment now talking about removing this president because he's losing it mentally. Then, then his handlers put him out there last night for a late night, a late night address and a Q&A with the press, something that he never does. And that just, speaking of going from bad to worse, this was a, a disaster <laughs> putting out Joe Biden to try to argue on behalf of himself that, hey, everything is fine upstairs. Mentally, you know, I'm as sharp as I've ever been. Look at what I've done for the country. (laughs) You can't make this up. It's astonishing, really, uh, to watch this. This is uh, from Robert Hur's report. We have uh, also considered that at trial, Mr. Biden would likely present himself to a jury, as he did during our interview of him, as a sympathetic well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory. Hers people sat down with them. And that's how 
the fake president presented himself? I can't remember. I forgot. I, I don't recall. You know, Robert Mueller, basically, from a few years ago, it says, based on our direct interactions with, uh, with and observations of him, he is someone for whom many jurors will want to identify re- reasonable doubt. It would be difficult to convince a jury that they should convict him, by then a former president well into his 80s, of a serious felony that requires a mental state of willfulness. You can't make this up. Okay, he's not, he didn't really mean to do anything wrong, but, you know, he's losing it mentally. I mean, is this for real? Robert Hurst says, we conclude the evidence is not sufficient to convict. And so here again, just like with Jim Comey, letting Hillary off the, the hook in 2016, here comes Robert Hur, whether he's a Republican or not. I mean, still, though, this is devastating. And it shows, it shows absolutely who is running the White House. And all these Democrats in the regime media that are going on and on about, well, you know, we did, uh, we, we did kind of pick apart Trump for mistaking uh, uh, Nikki Haley for Nancy Pelosi. Well, what about, what about Joe Biden with all these dead people that he says he uh, just had meetings with uh, two seconds ago? <laughs> There's people on both sides of the aisle now. Now, I mean, you hear from the, the press you know, reaction yesterday when Biden comes out to try to defend himself. I mean, you've got people in the media finally asking some tough questions. Listen to this, uh, this coming from Joe Biden before we get into uh, some from the regime media. This is clip two. In addition, I know there's some attention paid to some language in the report about my recollection of events. There's even reference that I don't remember when my son died. How in the hell dare he raise that? Frankly, when I was asked the question, I thought to myself, it wasn't any of their business. I don't need anyone. I don't need anyone to remind me when he passed away or passed away. Simple truth is I sat for a five hour interview over two days of events going back 40 years. At the same time I was managing an international crisis, for any extraneous commentary, they don't know what they're talking about. It has no place in this report. Well, you could argue that it was gratuitous, these additions into the report about, you know, he's an elderly man, he has a bad memory, etc., etc. They're really upset about that at the morning meltdown. You can imagine. <laughs> you can imagine the meltdowns that happened this morning over the release of this report. But just keep in mind, this is coming out of Obama's DOJ. Barack Obama. Merrick Garland signed off on it. Yeah, maybe Robert Hur. he knew there's no way we can get a conviction here. So he added these few little details, but, uh, you know, Merrick Garland signed off on it. How does this happen? What is going on politically? I think we're seeing the outer edges of a massive political storm that's about to hit. We'll see how this plays out in the coming week. Here we went into last night thinking, well, surely Tucker with with Putin's going to be the big story. And it is a big story. And you saw how the regime media (laughs) reacted to it yesterday on on this show. 
But here he sits down, and I think most people, they probably got into the first 10, 15 minutes of the Putin interview and thought, you know what, <laughs> I think I'll go, I think I'll go uh, watch the clip of the fake president talking about President Sisi in Mexico. Listen to uh, <laughs> this exchange with uh, Peter Ducey, the fake president with Peter Ducey, clip three. President Biden, something the special counsel said in his report is that one of the reasons you were not charged is because, in his description, you are a well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory. I'm well-meaning, and I'm an elderly man, and I know what the hell I'm doing. I've been president, and I put this country back on its feet. I don't need his recommendation. That's How totally bad out. is your memory, and can you continue as president? My memory is so bad, I can let you speak. That's uh, that's that's my memory has gotten worse, Mr. President. My memory is not cut. My memory is fine. My memory. Take a look at what I've done since I've become president. Well, he has done a lot, or at least Obama has done a lot through him. I have another article here in my notes about just how fast the Democrats are working. Uh, They're working to destroy the country because they're they see what's coming out of Nevada. Last night, they see what the Supreme Court did yesterday. If if Colorado, I mean, Colorado is a blue state. In some ways, it doesn't even matter. But if even the liberal justices on the court smack down Colorado, this is an unstoppable force we're witnessing. On the other side, I mean, from the bad orange man. All the new, how do all of these attacks, this lawfare, these indictments, these felony charges... How do they help Donald Trump politically? And then a report that exonerates the fake president. You've got a big headline on the New York Post saying, elderly man with a bad memory. It's devastating, politically. Listen to, uh, listen to uh, what is this? I think this is uh, clip number four from the same news conference yesterday. For months when you were asked about your age, you would respond with the words, watch me. Many American people have been watching, and they have expressed concerns about your age. That is your judgment. That is your judgment. That is not the judgment of the press. They express concerns about your mental acuity. They say that you are too old. Mr. President, in December, you told me that you believe there are many other Democrats who could defeat Donald Trump. So why does it have to be you now? What, what is your answer to that Because I'm the most question? qualified person in this country to be president of the United States and finish the job I started. The, the, just leaving aside the elderly thing and the bad memory thing, I mean, the evidence laid out in this report, even from a legal perspective, just devastating, so much worse on every level than anything Donald Trump did as a, as a former president, unlike him. I mean, he's president now, and that's kind of uh, implied in Hur's report as well, that he can sort of have all these documents and show them to his biographer, and the biographer can tape the conversations and then delete some of them, no big deal. And the documents can just float all over the place because, well, now he's president, so he has that presidential authority. There were some serious crimes committed here. And her her knew he wasn't going to be able to get him on those crimes. So he's playing up the elderly thing. And of course, many in the media are running with that message. They're furious. How dare you? He's exonerated. Just leave it at that. 
How dare you bring up the fact that he's losing it mentally? Listen, listen to the regime media as they try to defend this. This is uh, moving ahead to clip nine. Um, I personally, I, I don't know, I'm feeling kind of mindful about this. I'm, I'm not as freaked out as everyone, anyone else is. You know, they're, they're holding him in tight for bigger moments because he's dealing with such big issues right now. Correct. Uh, do they let Biden out a little bit? Not that... I mean, the gaffes that Donald Trump has are far more uh, egregious and, frankly, alarming than anything that President Biden says. We will this. Joe Biden is at his best, I think, when he's out there talking to people and when he's... Pre- I don't have any concerns, and, and that's from personal interactions. Um, he's got a, a terrific team around him. He is very knowledgeable and experienced. Do you want to give the age thing? Because this is, let's call it what it is. Uh, this is ageism snuck into a report clearing the person of any wrongdoing. He rides a bike. He, he, I like, but he is the age he is. And, and so it's, it's, it's a very useful uh, what is the word elderly doing there? Uh, there. A neurologist. You're talking about her. Her. From mm-hmm. Trump University. No. And uh, I mean, I'm so, I'm so, I'm just, I've got to stop right here. I know we want to go on and, and, and finish this report, but why in the world he would put that in a report, uh, his neurological assessment of Joe Biden? And secondly, why Merritt Garland would release uh, garbage like that in the Justice Department report? Can- There's no doubt in my mind that uh, that this special prosecutor could have written the same report without using these words elderly man with a poor memory i i i'm i'm you know right so why in the world why in the world would would the justice department allow that dicta to be in there it's gratuitous well and and he knows it's gratuitous and it was bad faith it was bad faith that he did it well Look, um, I think that when you look at a very bad day for uh, President Biden and then you compare it to Donald Trump with 91 counts, sexual assault, fraud, sex with a porn star and everything he says every day, the day the day that President Biden had yesterday is like just another Tuesday for Donald Trump. But here's the bottom line, Joe, not that we need to sit here and defend President Biden because he's perfectly capable, he's perfectly competent, but you don't put 14... Point two million jobs on the on the card, which he's done as president. Uh, if you don't have the strong mental acuity to do it, you don't pass four major economic bills, two of those bipartisan. You don't put the first black woman on the Supreme Court. The list goes on and on in terms of President Biden's accomplishments. You don't manage a complex complex situation in the Middle East uh, if you don't have your strong mental acuity. So, mm-hmm. yeah, the the meltdowns continue. They're they're happening. Every day, I think uh, I think the folks at uh, MSNBC might be in store for a wellness check as they try to defend what is uh, indefensible. I mean, whether you look at the crimes or the mental instability, either way, either way. This is on page eight of the summary report, hers report. We do not believe this evidence. After they present all the evidence of the crimes, we do not believe this evidence would meet the government's burden at trial, particularly the requirement to prove that Mr. Biden intended to do something the law forbids. He didn't mean to. It's kind of like Hillary with uh, scrubbing the servers. She just did it. You know, she she erased all that accidentally. 
Certainly there was no, there was no malicious intent. And, and furthermore, look, we want to try to heal the division in the country. We want to try to bring everybody together. Now, what about Trump? Trump, now he go, he's definitely going to prison. There, there were pictures in this report of these torn apart boxes with all these classified documents. Remember how they played that up in Mar-a-Lago where the FBI, the people that raided Mar-a-Lago, I mean, they staged the photo op. They put the, the classified documents on the carpet as if that's the way Trump stored them, right? And then they sent those pictures right around the world. You think they're going to send these pictures of Biden's classified documents around the world? Yeah, he's telling his biographer. Yeah, you can go find, they're behind my Porsche in the garage. Go help yourself. And then her saying, even those, those recordings between his biographer, this is from 2017. This is seven years ago. And her saying, it's painfully slow the way that this man is communicating and talking to his biographer. And yeah, he's giving them access to all these classified documents. It's like, in, as you've heard, it's like in the first few lines of the report. And yet, here, here comes the fake president out last night to tell the entire world, I never gave any classified document access to my biographer at all. He just lies. He continues to lie. He knows he can get away with it. But I mean, he's upset now. He's upset because this really hurts him politically. An elderly man who can't remember things. He would surely win sympathy from a 12-person jury. <laughs> well, then look at what's happening politically. Look at the wave of support that's there for Donald Trump. And look at how that this just continues to hurt the fake president. And, and, and you're only going to get this here on this program. But it's exposing Antiochus, isn't it? It's exposing. It's exposing the dear leader. <laughs> they're, they're desperate. I mean, the, this wouldn't have happened were it not for the dear leader. So he's got something cooking. I mean, there's something up his sleeve. We'll see what it is <laughs> soon enough. But the double standard here. No wonder Donald Trump goes into Nevada and he wins 99% of the vote. They not, and there's the four indictments, there's the 91 felonies, and he just keeps getting more and more support because people see, people see the double standard. Oh, okay, so you're going to let Biden off the hook for all of his class, classified documents that he took when he was a senator and a vice president, but then you're going to go after Donald Trump when he took some napkins after he actually was a president and how the Presidential Records Act protects him? People know, people see. Listen, listen to the regime media as they go on. They're just salivating over the thought of Donald Trump going off to prison and they are there to tell you, even if it's moving a few boxes, that nobody, nobody is above the law. This is clip seven. 
The idea that no person is above the law is a bedrock principle of American justice. No man is above the law, no matter what the crime. And I agree with you. No, no man is above the law. No person is above the law. No one is above the law. No one is above the law. No one's above the law. No one is above the law. No man is above the law. Nobody is above the law. No one is above the law. Uh, no man is above the law. He has to be held accountable. He's not above the law. No one's above the law. Either that nor any other title puts you above the rule of law. And no one is truly above the law. That is what it means to have a rule of law. That is what it means to not have a king. They're not above the law. Nobody is above the law. Everyone will be treated, as Merrick Garland has said, as, you know, equally. Well, that no one is above the law, which is foundational. No one is above the law, even a former president. We have one set of laws in this country, and they apply to everyone. No one is above the law. Uh, the law is a law and no one should be above it. Yes, nobody is above the law. No one is above the law. No one else is above the law, including a president. Nobody is above the law. You can't have two justice systems in America. It has to be one justice system. And anybody who breaks the law should be held accountable. And that no one is above the law. Uh, no one is above the law. And uh, our president is not above the law. I always thought that this country, that no one was above the law. Hmm. Quite the echo chamber. <laughs> they all, they all work from the same talking points. The New York Post says her found that classified records hoarded by Biden included documents concerning military and foreign policy in Afghanistan, as well as notebooks with handwritten entries about national security and foreign policy issues implicating sensitive intelligence sources and methods. That last bit, direct quote. Direct, a direct quote from HERS report, implicating sensitive intelligence sources and methods. No one's above the law. So says the regime. This is from page 10 of HERS report. With one exception, there is no record of the Department of Justice prosecuting a former president or vice president for mishandling classified documents from his own administration. The exception is former President Trump. You see, he's the exception. Yeah, Obama's DOJ goes right after Trump, of course, because no one's above the law. So say the regime media. The, the same people that are cheering the fact that he's exonerated and furious at the fact that that her would dare add the fact that he's elderly and he can't remember things. He's losing it. He's losing it. Pretty amazing development from uh, from uh, Real Clear Politics. It says the same week Joe Biden publicly confused two European leaders with their deceased predecessors and passed on the traditional softball Super Bowl Sunday interview. A new report from Robert Hurd described the president as a sympathetic, well-meaning, elderly man with a poor memory. It says further on, the president took particular offense at the section in the report dealing with his memory about important personal events, including the years he served as vice president and when his son Bo passed away from cancer. Further on, talks about referring to the Egyptian leader, Sisi, as the president of Mexico, 
says here, after a months-long investigation, the special counsel did not recommend criminal charges against Biden for mishandling classified documents. Her did, however, detail the significant limitations of the elder state statesman's memory. Descriptions the White House said were inaccurate, gratuitous, and wrong. Further on, it says, after concluding that no criminal charges are warranted, the special counsel noted that had charges been filed, they would expect the president's attorneys would, quote, emphasize these limitations in his recall to demonstrate that Biden did not knowingly violate the law. It says Mr. Biden would likely present himself to a jury as he did during our interview of him as a sympathetic, well-meaning elderly man <laughs> with a poor memory. It says, uh, based on our direct interactions with and observations of him, of Biden, he is someone from whom many jurors will want to identify reasonable doubt. It would be difficult to convince a jury that they should convict him. By then, a former president well into his 80s of a serious felony that requires a mental state of willfulness. But, you know, he could go on and keep leading the country, the world's single superpower. That's no problem. He's surrounded by people who know, who know the truth. They know that Barack Obama's running the country, and this is why they're, you know, they're not too upset. There's a few, I mean, there's reporters asking tougher questions now, okay. But you, you see how the morning meltdown responds. That's the, I mean, that's the news program that the fake president watches every morning, religiously. They're, they're not too troubled by his mental state because they know, or at least, at the very least, they know he's surrounded by Obama's people. Whether they make the direct connection to the dear leader or not, doesn't matter. They know he's surrounded by Obama's people. And they are, I mean, they are moving quick to carry out this fundamental transformation. This is from the Washington Times. Hurry, hurry, hurry. That's the message of the Democratic Party to their minions in politics from their overlords in the global governments. Hurry up and pass as much legislation, policy, and regulations that will kill America's economy and constitution before the 2024 elections. Hurry, hurry, hurry. That's what they're doing. Hurry up and, and complete the fundamental transformation. It says time grows short. Donald Trump is coming back. And he's bringing a double dose of America first prescription to cure all that's ailed and continues to ail under Joe Biden. Just insert the name of the dear leader there. And you've got a pretty good hard-hitting article over at the Washington Times. Well, there's another one here about the never-Trumpers, how that they're contributing to this uh, demonic lawfare aimed at Donald Trump. Maybe I can get to that um, next week. And in any event, we've got much more to get into on today's show. We've got this week's installment of World Watch. So you've got that coming back after the break, and then we'll conclude today's show with our Bible study segment. You're listening to Stephen Flurry, and this is the Trumpet Daily. We'll be right back. 
Daily News, Bible Prophecy. See the connection on The Trumpet Daily. Are you feeling overwhelmed by the flood of news and information? You need something to sift the news and bring you only what matters most. You need The Trumpet Daily. You also need something to help you understand not just what's happening now, but what will happen next. You need The Trumpet Daily. Only The Trumpet Daily accurately matches daily news to precise Bible prophecies. Because Bible prophecy is the only tool up to the task of sifting the news down to what's important and showing you what will happen next. Join host Stephen Flurry every weekday. Go to TrumpetDaily.com. Russia's economy grew faster last year than that of any nation in the G7, which includes Canada, France, Germany, Italy, Japan, the United Kingdom, and the United States. The International Monetary Fund projects this to occur again in 2024, the Financial Times reported on February 2nd. The trend shows that Western sanctions designed to constrict the Russian economy as punishment for its war on Ukraine have failed to accomplish their goal. Not only is Russia's economy growing faster, it is now bigger than each of the G7 nations' economies, except the U.S. and Japan. When the West unveiled its sanctions against Russia, many projected the nation's decline. But the trumpet made no such claim. That is because the Bible prophesies that Russia will continue to rise. To learn more about this important trend, read Why the Trumpet Watches Russia Returning to Superpower Status. The European Commission assured journalists on January 30th that talks between the European Union and the Mercosur trade bloc are ongoing. Even though a French official had claimed that French President Emmanuel Macron scuttled a proposed trade deal. The EU and Mercosur have been trying to finalize a trade deal for 25 years, but agricultural imports have been a sticking point. European farmers don't want to compete with Latin American farmers, and farmer protests against Macron's government have soured many French officials against the deal. The EU-Mercosur deal will also not be good for German farmers, but many German elites care more about geopolitical power than their people. Despite the pushback, the European Commission is determined to join Europe and Latin America in a giant trade bloc. Bible prophecy indicates that a powerful international trade alliance led by Europe and Asia will lay economic siege to the United States in the end time. This trade alliance will also include Latin America, which will join forces with these international powers against its northern neighbor. To understand more about this prophesied international trade alliance and its role in end time prophecy, read Trade Wars Have Begun. Chinese and Russian officials agreed to coordinate on the military use of artificial intelligence during talks in Beijing on February 1st. Officials from the two countries discussed emerging technologies that could soon define geopolitical conflicts such as outer space security, biosecurity, and artificial intelligence, a Chinese statement said. AI is an emerging technology that aims to create human-like intelligence in machines. Major powers such as the United States, Russia, China, and Europe are heavily investing in exploring the possibilities of AI, many of which pertain to military use. There are currently no established rules for the technology. 
Most people do not understand how artificial intelligence works, and some are concerned it could threaten humanity's existence. Bible prophecy indicates that the dark side of this complicated and powerful technology will soon be exploited by evil individuals leading expansionist nations. To learn more, read The Unknown Future of Artificial Intelligence by Trumpet Editor-in-Chief Gerald Flurry. To learn more about current world news and how it relates to Bible prophecy, please visit thetrumpet.com. There you go, the, uh, the latest installment of our World Watch Friday segment. <clears throat> we typically play that every Friday. Sometimes it gets bumped back to Monday. Um, this is the latest Trumpet magazine. Just came in yesterday. Unprotected is the cover headline. The problem is far bigger than uh, Jeffrey Epstein. So this is, uh, this is the March 2024 edition already already distributing the March edition of the Trumpet magazine. If you uh, aren't a subscriber to the Trumpet, <clears throat> that's where you can go to get tomorrow's news headlines today. Just call our uh, operators today and request a free one-year subscription. There's no cost, no obligation. The 800 number is one 930 as you heard alluded to there at the end of that uh, Oral Watch segment, I mean, there's a real push, not just here in the States, but in, the, in Europe as well, to try to take advantage of artificial intelligence, to use it, to weaponize that, uh, that technology. And uh, as I've covered quite a lot, even this week on the show, I mean, we're living in the post-truth world And as uh, Richard Palmer wrote earlier today, I mean, there's more proof of that just in the sit down with Vladimir Putin. But as I covered on yesterday's show, I mean, look at look at the propaganda that the dear leader and the regime media just churn out right here in the United States every day. (laughs) Just more and more of it. It's nonstop. It shows just how grounded we need to be in the truth. The Bible has a lot to say about the truth. And uh, even if the dear leader says that he's fighting for truth, his truth, that is, not absolute truth, you know, not, not anything that's just foundationally true and will always be true. He wants, he wants to control and regulate the flow of information and, and to tell you that there's no such thing as absolute or fixed truth. He's the one who decides what's more true than even absolute or fixed truth. I'm referring to that comment he made in his Stanford address from a couple years ago, Barack Obama. The Bible is that absolute and fixed truth. And as you look around at our world, and you see not just the evil and the filth like this uh, particular issue exposes, but as you just see the, the suffering and the, the, the misery and the division and the hatred, the strife, you know it's, it's all there because of how far removed we are from basic truths of the Bible. The uh, book, Malachi's Message, that's the, the centerpiece of our library, what we're here to promote. We have, 
you know, hundreds of books, booklets, articles that we offer at our website, thetrumpet.com. And uh, this whole work, going back to 1989, it started with the publication of Malachi's message to God's church today. There you can see it on the screen. It was God's message to a church that had gone astray, that had fallen away from the truth. And right at the early part of that book, Malachi's message, I mean, it quotes Malachi 3 and verse 16, where it says, Then they that feared the eternal spoke often one to another, and the Lord hearkened and heard it. And a book of remembrance was written before him for them that feared God and that thought upon his name. And the point my father makes in the early pages of Malachi's message is that we're warned to remember. Remember what? Well, to remember the truth. And as my father says there in Malachi's message, if, if we remember God's truth, God remembers us. God protects us. God will deliver us. And so we want to take that warning seriously. We really want to hold fast to these precious traditions and, and love the truth. 2 Thessalonians 2 says God sends strong delusion to see if we love the truth, to see how much we love the truth. So it's not enough just to read and, and study the truth. I mean, we've got to really be lovers of the truth, defenders of the truth. Always, <clears throat> always, Malachi 4 here, and, uh, and verse 4, <clears throat> it says, Remember you the law of Moses my servant, which I commanded unto him in Horeb, for all Israel, with the statutes and judgments. God tells the Israelites of old, look, you better go back to, you know, where it all began, where it all started for you. Go back to the beginning. Go back to that absolute and, and fixed truth. And stay grounded. Stay grounded on that. Paul, you can read in Hebrews 5 and 6, I mean, he's, he's correcting the brethren, the, 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 the people of God in Judea, and he's saying, look, I mean, this is a time when we ought to be teachers. But instead, I mean, I can't give you the strong meat of the word. I've got to go back to the, some of the very basic beginning principles of God's truth. Not that there's anything wrong with those foundational pillars. But they weren't advancing the people of God in the first century. They weren't advancing in their spiritual education the way that they should have been. Because they were getting away from those foundational basics, that fixed and absolute truth. And so Paul had to go back and start over in some respects on, on just foundational subjects like repentance and, and baptism and faith. Verse 5, it says, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord, and he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children, and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. God sent a man to this earth to build up the spiritual family and physical families to go with it. Mr. Armstrong, he wrote that there's nothing more important than establishing, than building, and maintaining 
a godly family. That's the foundation of the church. It's the foundation of God's kingdom. Such basic and yet precious truth. You know, I go through it twice a week in <laughs> the years that we have marriage and family. It's every other year. And so I've gone through the material a lot. But every time, I mean, it's so inspiring to just be reminded of how important it is to build a happy marriage and to raise God-fearing children. And none of us, of course, have done all of it perfectly. But what, a, what strength and stability is there for not just that household, but for the entire church, even for the community, to just have that stability, to have that strength. I mentioned yesterday, in the spiritual sense, you know, going through Ephesians 4, it talks about the body of Christ and how that every joint of that body supplies. Everyone contributes. Everyone has a role. 1 Corinthians 12, 18 says that God places the members in the body as He sees fit. He knows where we belong. He knows where we can best contribute. And so we don't want to question His wisdom. We just want to roll up our sleeves and really contribute, participate, grow and develop, add to the health, the vitality, the energy of the body of Christ. Malachi 3, <coughs> verse 18, it says, Then shall you return and discern between the righteous and the wicked, between him that serves God and him that serves him not. See, who's, who's out there really serving God, really holding on to God's truth? I mean, we've got, we, as I've said on this program, even recently, we've got a track record of, of showing, of demonstrating that we will fight for the truth. We went through six years of litigation. We submitted our petition to the Supreme Court back in 2001. They didn't hear it. I mean, and they're going to be ashamed of that once God's kingdom is established and set up on this earth. Because we were fighting for mystery of the ages, among other things. The truth of God. It was that important. It was that important. We went through six years of litigation. We were just a tiny little church at that time going up against this massive, well-established, worldwide church of God that had been bringing in something like $200 million per year back in the late 1980s, early 1990s. And we went up against it, and we prevailed in the end. The truth won. You can read all about that history, that story, in Raising the Ruins. It's a moment that we are very proud of. It wasn't a moment. It was a grueling <laughs> six-year struggle. But what a fight to get to the end of it and to have God's truth and to be able to freely distribute it. It's something that we want to really study, dig into, love it, and defend it and fight for it if we have to. 2 Thessalonians 2, I mentioned this chapter earlier. Notice verse 13. It says here, But we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren, beloved of the eternal, because God has from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit and belief 
of the truth. That's what sets us apart. I mean, this is a, a similar point that we make in marriage and family. What is it that sets us apart from the other families of this world that in, in many cases are broken and divided? What sets us apart is the truth of God and, of course, our willingness to apply it, to use it. We can't be hearers of the word only, but we've got to be doers as well. Otherwise, we're deceiving ourselves, as James said. Verse 14, it says, Where unto he called you by our gospel to the obtaining of the, the glory of our, our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, brethren, it says, Stand fast and hold the traditions which you have been taught, whether by word or our epistle. Whether you're hearing the truth spoken to you or you read one of our epistles, and even there you've got to be careful because like Paul says at the start of this chapter, there were fake epistles circulating. And so it was important that they stayed grounded in the basics that they received from God's apostle, from God's church. Stay grounded in those, those traditions, those teachings, that truth. In my father's booklet, Daniel Unlocks Revelation, he, uh, he comments there about how, you know, European leaders, many of them, they're just so passionate about their, their Holy Roman Empire traditions and teachings. And they'll really get excited about it. They'll get fired up about resurrecting that history. And he says here, it's amazing to me that we can hang on that that they can hang on to their evil traditions and false religion, and yet the Laodicean Christians can so quickly reject God's true religion. How fiercely will we fight and hang on to the end for God's truth? In other words, show some of that, uh, <laughs> that passion that people in this world have for you know, these misguided movements, these ungodly movements. We're God's people. We're God's family. We have God's truth. And we better be fired up about it. 1 Thessalonians 5.21 says, Prove all things, hold fast that which is good. Don't just prove it. Don't just prove it with one read-through, but hold on to it. Make it your own. Make it part of you. Put it into practice. And that'll just deepen your understanding of the subject and really reinforce that proving and that holding on that you want to have from the beginning. That's all we have time for on today's show, unfortunately. We appreciate you joining us for this program or any program that you join us on. You're listening to Stephen Flurry, and this is the Trumpet Daily. Thanks again for tuning in today, and we'll see you next time.